My name is Lene McClellan, and I'm a salon owner in Chelsea, Michigan, and the creator of Radioactive. I've been inspired by the people I get to talk to every day to create a platform for those in and around our community to tell their stories, share what's important to them, and help us uncover what makes us human. Visit RadioactiveChelsea.com to see how you can get involved. Thank you for joining us for another installment of Radioactive Chelsea. This month, joining me is Crystal Scott. She is the Visual Arts Coordinator for Chelsea Area Festivals and Events, which means she's in charge of the Chelsea Art Market and the Sculpture Walk. Through her involvement with Chelsea, she has then decided to take these events to towns that are close to us, such as Dundee. I first met Crystal years ago. I did her hair for her wedding. We hit it off really well, had an amazing relationship, and then I hadn't seen her again until I ran into her at a fundraiser at Common Grill. So we hit it off again from that moment on, and I learned that she was getting involved with the Chelsea area festivals and events. Thank you so much, Crystal, for joining me today. It's such an honor for me to have you here. Well, it's an honor to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. So tell me more about uh, everything that you're involved in currently um, as far as the the Chelsea Art Market and the Sculpture Walk. I know that you have your, your hands in a bunch of different things with one purpose, and that's to bring an appreciation of arts to the Chelsea community. Right, right. I'm trying to like humanize the fine arts is what I like to say. Um, there's no reason the fine art world has to be high up on this pedestal, right? So I'm trying to get people excited about art again, and I'm trying to make it approachable to any Joe Schmo up from the street. Like, there's no reason why you can't appreciate a piece of art, um, regardless if it's your taste or not. And also... I, it's really important to me that local businesses and organizations really invest in local art and local artists. And it doesn't have to have the high price tag. It doesn't have to be weird and funky and like hard to understand. Um, you know, but I don't I just don't like see businesses hop on Kmart's website or IKEA's store and buy a you know, a print of a flower that every other business has. So long story short, it's kinda of, it's kind of, that's my mission is to bring fine arts to everybody in some sort of approachable way. What is it that is fueling that mission? Because I just freaking love art. Big A art. Um, And I'm definitely one of those people that think like everything's art, but that's a really big theory we won't even get into. But what I I mean by fine arts is um, art that is not only made, by an artist and hopefully an artist near you not someone from california um but it's it's something that a lot of thought went into and a lot of heart and a time and talent and there's something behind it it's not just decoration um i can't i'm not saying decoration can't be art with a big a but um i think conceptual art can also be really beautiful and if you can support that locally then you absolutely should so my passion is just for art, <laughs> and I can talk about it for days. There, There is something spectacular about a piece of local art. Here in the salon, we have it everywhere. I have sculptures from clients. I have clients who are graffiti artists oh, who God, have yes. hand-painted murals. The painted wall is so awesome. <laughs> I love street art. It's so cool. <laughs> and I also have 
just local business people who are handy with a paintbrush mm-hmm. who have done little pieces on our walls here. And it is something that is very important to me, especially as a conversation piece. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily, in from my perspective, understand why I like it so much mm-hmm. or what it does for me aesthetically for the salon aesthetically. I know that it does something. I just can't explain what it is. Right. And you know what? That right there sums up so much because that is a beautiful thing. That is beautiful. If you don't know, that's like the best thing because that's going to keep your mind going forever, potentially. It's going to make other people's minds go forever. Do I love it? Do I hate it? Why? What does it make me think of? How does it make me feel? And, you know, if you go into most corporate bathrooms and there's a picture of sunflowers on the wall that, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's like, oh, that's nice, that's pretty. And you walk away from, and you forget about it. It just sits there looking pretty. It does nothing. Um, once again, there's nothing wrong with sitting there and looking pretty. But the, what you just said about not really knowing, that's the mystery and the, the seduction of really good art, I think. So when it comes to your work with, like, the sculpture walk, we'll mm-hmm. say... Um, what is it that you're looking to accomplish by hosting a sculpture walk? Well, that's a really, really fine line for me. You've got to find that balance between the public art that's going to be thought-provoking and different and unique. But because you're dealing with, you know, the public and public property and potentially tax dollars, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, there's a, a very, very firm reason why you also, it also needs to be aesthetically uh, put together well. Um, and I don't just mean like pretty, like something that's painted pretty colors or something that looks like, um, you know, in the shape of a heart or a pretty lady with a baby. Um, aesthetic, I just mean formally, it has to be crafted well and it has to have the elements and principles of design used thoughtfully. So something could be super, super, super abstract. For example, the the blue tree that's downtown by Ray Katz is behind the common grill. That's, I mean, if you were to summarize it as simply as you can, it's three giant blue lines poking up into the sky. So that's, you know, as close to completely abstract as you can get. It doesn't reference anything. Um, Yeah, it's painted blue, but it doesn't really look like anything immediately. But that doesn't mean it's not aesthetically powerful because of the thoughtful and very professional use of principles of design, not to mention the craftsmanship is very high quality. So um, to backtrack a little bit, it's, it's, a, it's a fine line. You gotta find thought-provoking, cons- sometimes conceptual art, something that's interesting and different and unique, but also you need something that's well done. You mm. know, absolutely. I think working with art is, it has to be one of the most challenging jobs that you can have because not only are you dealing with the piece of art itself and the message that the artist is trying to portray with that, but you're also working with the perception of the people who are trying to interpret that piece of art. Absolutely. And it's, um, it's a, it's a never ending battle. There's no winning it. There's always going to be uh, naysayers, you can't change the world. Um, you're never going to find a piece of art that pleases everybody. Um, and that's okay. Um, the other drawback to that that I think maybe you're referencing or maybe not, I'll just bring it up anyways, is that when you're so passionate about something, 
it makes it really hard to you know deal with any that that type of that type of uh, um, you know lashback from the public so when you put something out that you love whether or not you made it or whether or not if you're in my shoes you just coordinated it and you're defending that artist because you love the piece and you get someone who hates it um, I guess my amount of passion <laughs> sometimes it's hard to deal with at times but I, I with every year that passes I get better and better at just um, letting it go because like I started that statement with you just is a never you can you can't ever win the battle every battle there's always going to be something where does your passion for art come from loaded question <laughs> <laughs> right. um well i so i've got my masters in fine arts um that was preluded by a bachelor's of fine arts and i had no intention of going to college to get a degree in the arts because it's an unfortunately true stereotype that it's really, really, really effing hard to make money when you have a degree in the arts. You have to work your ass off. But yeah. if you do, there's there's no reason why you can't be paying off your student loan. Um, all the best artists who are successful work their ass off. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, so I didn't have any intention of studying art when I made the decision to go to college. Uh, I don't even remember what I was going to do. Philosophy, maybe? I don't know. Mm. That's not a big money maker. No, definitely not. <laughs> uh, but you know, in undergrad, you've got all the the classes you have to take, like to feed each category. You have to take like general, you know, whatever psychology, math, what have you. Oh, all the shit that bores you to death, but you gotta take it anyways because it's college and you need that degree. Um, so I took a art class, and I don't actually even remember what my first one was. It might have been. Um, just something generic like intro to art but god that first class it just it snagged me I mean I had kind of a natural creative inclination I was always kind of good at drawing I like to paint I like to make stuff so I had a little bit of that um, kind of ingrained so I, I loved the painting but that wasn't what caught me what caught me was the well there's a huge philosophy behind understanding art and uh even just non-conceptually, just learning about the elements and principles of design, I was so on top of it. I loved it. I grabbed it right away. I'm like, oh, I get it. I get it. And if you if you learn about the, those, the formal way to appreciate a piece of art, it relates to everything in life. Like, you know, what, when we look at a beautiful person, quote unquote, a beautiful person in the supermodel, the magazine, photoshopped or not, doesn't matter. My point is, it, that's because there's a sense of symmetry. There's a yeah. sense of balance. There's a beautiful photograph of that model has a great use of space and of lighting. So, and also it relates in nature, right? Like animals, the more aesthetically pleasing animals are the ones that reproduce and continue their genetic, li- genetic lines in nature. Um, so it's interesting that it's not just us, like there's an appreciation for aesthetics that predates us. Um, Mm -hmm. something about, I don't know, survival. (laughs) Right. So it's, it's a really, really big can of worms if you think about it. Um, and that's what kind of, I fell in love with. I'm like, this is so interesting. And it stretched my mind to the limits. Some of these theories and philosophies behind like super conceptual art like the shit that happens I don't know like turn of the century and (laughs) even way before that but especially like 50s 60s 70s 
um, 80s, you know, there is some really, really highly conceptual art that, you know, love it or hate it. It's just, it's something that stretches your mind to the limit. I've read some artist statements and uh, essays and reviews that I ha you have to read it like 10 times to get it. That's how hard it is to continue your education in the arts. You have to read um, 20, 50 pages, whatever, over and over and over again before you understand it. And it's, it's just, it's so loaded with theories and philosophies and it's, it was a challenge, but I, I loved it. I loved it. It's like brain candy. It was like a, a never ending drug for my brain that I needed. I needed to think about these things on such a deep level that I didn't understand it at first. You know what I mean? So it's. Yes. I <laughs> actually, I definitely know what you mean. So I went to college. I ended up with my degree with advertising and public relations. That's not what I went for originally um I don't really know what I was going for but I knew what I liked and because of those classes that I took I ended up with a minor in philosophy wrote my capstone paper based off of the book called survival of the prettiest oh. and it's an exactly what you're talking about <laughs> What you see, what you are drawn to, yes, is symmetrical, but it's also reflective of how you see yourself, essentially. Mm -hmm. So that's how we end up marrying people that look like us or... Um, oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Yeah. I will let you borrow the book. I still have it. <laughs> I should read that. Yeah. It's, it's a really fascinating book. Wow. And so while I was doing all of my research for my capstone class on the underbelly of it. I was getting my minor in philosophy. And those two things tied together sound exactly like the things that you're talking about, where mm -hmm. you're just, it's like it becomes a stick of dynamite into something that you can't bear to define. Mm. Right. It's ephemeral. Is what yes. it is. It's completely escapes definition. And that's what I was actually, there's this really interesting Facebook post that I wasn't even planning on bringing up, but I have to bring it up now because there's some artist, I can't remember his name, and I'm sorry if you're listening to this and I can't remember your name, but he, he his question was so simple. It's like, what makes art good? And I had to read it. I had to because that's something that doesn't matter how many art classes you take. <laughs> into the graduate level of art that question is brought up a million times and it never gets fucking answered ever never well, right never because <laughs> but the, one of the responses was like it kind of it's it's he um i can't remember his name either and that's terrible but um he had a really great response about how art art Big A art, it escapes definition. There's no defining art. There's no saying if it's good or bad. It's like describing a color. It just exists, and it is. And um, there's loving it, and there's hating it, but the, you can't just pin if it's good or bad. That's that's completely impossible. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a thermal. It's, it's like um, omnipresent. I feel like I'm describing God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I think, you know, that relates back to just the, the theory of aesthetics. You know, it's, it's almost like an energy, right? So, like, when we arrange our houses, there's a sense of symmetry and space and balance that makes us feel comfortable, mm -hmm. right? And, yeah, you can go into, like, designer lingo and say this, like, feng shui or, you know, just strictly, like, efficiency. This is why we do this. But it's, it relates all back to this whole, the way our brains are wired, mm -hmm. you know, and 
who knows why or who or what or how or when or whatever but the way our brains are wired is fascinating to me and art is like the freaking pedestal of that whole theory like this is this is us this is how we live this is how we survive this is how we evolve and the same sort of understanding of the whole aspect of life and creation like can be funneled down into what art is and i just think that's so fascinating i've i've been thinking about like um that I mean, art encompasses all of that. Art is engineering. Art is architecture. Art Absolutely. is not just, you know, paintbrushes on a canvas. No, it's, like science. Yes, art is science. Absolutely. Mathematics. <laughs> yeah. Solowit Sol was one of the most famous artists ever, at least like the history books will tell you that. He was a mathematician, and he made huge installations based on the, like, math formulas. Hmm. So it's... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been inspired. I haven't done it yet, but to dig into the the times of Aristotle and Galileo and all of that and really kind of try to figure that out. My brain kind of it wanders into the mathematical grid that is the makeup of life or as people in the early 2000s You're talking know about, my about thesis it. right now the matrix my thesis when really? i graduated i'm not even kidding my master's thesis was based on the mathematical grid and how it predates us so we didn't come up with math it exists in nature i'm not even kidding <laughs> that's exactly what my fucking thesis was about what yes the grid it was about the, the grid this is what i spend my free time thinking about <laughs> Yes, I, I would love to some really see cool it. Really cool shit. Yeah, I do. Um, That's it, amazing. <laughs> That's really funny. You're not, you're not wrong, right? Like, ask like an astrophysicist who's studying space and like black holes and finding like wormholes, you know? And there's like, it's like it's not crazy. It's not like a trippy, you know, psychedelic. Like, whoa, dude! It's like it's, right. it's legit and it's real, um, and it's not. You know, it's not something that, like, man created. We didn't create math. We didn't create this grid. It's mm -mm. how the universe is. Right. That's what it is, yeah. What's what's crazy is that, like, as far as it sounds and as how, like, mind-blowing as it sounds, like, this is where my passion comes from for art. Because all the same theory of understanding life and it's just, it, it can all be translated into art appreciation. That's what it is. How did you come to find your appreciation for art? It had to have existed before you decided to study it in school. Right, right. So I think um, it was a way of thinking. I don't know. I had um, I had a fairly traumatic childhood, and I'm not sure if that's to blame or if I would have just been, you know, doomed from the start, no matter what, how perfect my life was, but. I was a very, very um, um, inclusive person to my own brain. I was a very, very um, withdrawn, like mentally. In yeah, yeah, introvert, absolutely. And I just, my mind was always going to such weird places. And as a young child, I actually kind of thought that I was like, I was something different. I was just not fit to be anywhere with anybody and I had very few friends I didn't talk much um and my brain I think it's the way my brain worked I was always looking at things and thinking about it from a completely different 
point of view, and maybe maybe it stems from you know something really really shitty happened. Like, Several really, really shitty things happened, and you know, you remove yourself because that's like, um, kind of like a coping mechanism, I think. That might be maybe it's you know, hardwired in our brains, or maybe we teach ourselves. Um, and you remove yourself from the situation, and you can't help but become this extremely, um, objective person. You look at things so removed, personally and intimately removed from everything, no matter what, and uh, and it. When you, when you raise yourself like that, when you teach yourself to view things like that, then, you know, later in life, when you're trying to, you, when you're learning about some really weird fucking art shit, <laughs> like, it's so easy. It was so easy for me to, to me to be so completely empathetic to everything, no matter how weird or gross or ugly or disturbing something was. Like, I could appreciate it for some reason. You know, I could, I could look at it from the other viewpoint. I could, um, I could avoid that knee-jerk reaction that you get when something triggers you, when you have a really biased reaction to something. Like, oh, I hate that because it reminds me of this. And you just shut it off completely. You don't like it. You walk away. And I've been the exact opposite. I'm actually kind of drawn to things that are underappreciated or that are hated or that are ugly. I've always loved bugs. I've always loved snakes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I love animals in general, but I'm particularly drawn to the things that have a taboo about them. One of my favorite examples, and I'm going to get fired up about this. Watch me. What drives me crazy, (laughs) what drives me crazy are malls. I'm obsessed with malls. You know why? Well, I don't know if this is why, but part of the thing about malls that drives me crazy is that they're just, they're butterflies. They're Mm -hmm. fucking butterflies. They're the same exact creature, practically. They've got the feathery wings. They flap around, but they come out at night. And they're associated um, historically and uh, metaphorically. They have kind of a bad taboo. I'm not sure... If it's how far back it goes, I didn't study the freaking moth. I'm just trying to make a point. Like, they've got a really bad negative taboo. They're just, I mean, they're little butterflies. So that, like, that blows my mind that that exists. And I think it's just of what we're programmed to believe. And that frustrates me. That's my aggravation with um, people who don't want to take the time to appreciate art, to focus on one single point, um, is that... It's just too easy to to be programmed to what is good and what is bad and to just follow that knee-jerk reaction you have to something instead of removing yourself from all your mental baggage and thinking of something completely objectively. So for you as a child, do you think that you were programmed to be objective or do you think you are subjective in your own roundabout way. You know, that's a really good point because I can talk about this for days. In the end, I'm just kind of a big hypocrite because I, <laughs> you know, there's shit I don't like. There's shit I absolutely don't like. And it's right. funny because, like, I'm so prone to appreciating things that everyone else hates that, like, something that everyone else loves, I'm like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got the knee-jerk reaction to hate it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I always get for this but like journey the band yeah i hate journey i'm not really that into journey 
just okay. one little point and it's honestly <laughs> just because it's so popular and uh, you know like you hear that one fucking song all the goddamn time so like what I, my point is that I can try, <laughs> try to be completely objective all I want but I'm still kind of I still got that that programming in my brain like I'm already telling myself what I'm gonna like and what I don't like um, no matter how hard you fight it, it's going to be there mm-hmm. and you can manipulate it like I have. And that, you know, I think I'm completely unbiased and lover of all things, but that's not even true. It's, it's kind of my brain wired itself. And, you know, that's just like another mind blower right there is that like your brain is just this completely independently working thing. You know, we're just meat bodies being controlled by this thing up here. <laughs> like, we <laughs> think true. we're in control of ourselves, but we're really not, especially as far as, you know, you, what you think and how you feel. I honestly had no idea that our conversation was going to go down this rabbit hole. I'm so glad that it did. Yeah. This is better than anything right. that I could have ever planned. This is part of the reason why I loved art school. Because, like, these conversations, you know, like the poor professors teaching these advanced art classes, you can start with an agenda, but you go off like, <laughs> one little thing, and it's like we're talking about wormholes and um supermodels and freaking jury you know it's like (laughs) um it's a it's a tangent but it's um it's I mean it's 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 a beautiful thing though see to go back to the beginning of the conversation it like makes your brain work right it makes your brain work just like any all the best art forms are ones that like trigger um neurons in your brain uh music reading yes you know novels um even really good food gourmet food you know that's another beautiful form of art um it's and it's i think all the finest forms of art are the ones that make the neurons in your brain go crazy Hmm. what is next for you on the agenda for how you can bring an appreciation of art to our community oh man um Short term, I would really love to just keep managing these projects and turn little events like the art market or the sculpture walk into something that maybe stands above what you see typically because there's tons of public sculpture exhibitions. There's tons and tons and tons of art shows and (laughs) art markets and craft shows. Um, And they all have their own, um, you know, justification. They're all good for their own right. But I think my short-term goal is to take these just couple events that I'm in charge of and turn them into something just unique enough, just different enough, just exciting enough to get people to come to them because you can scream on the streets completely naked about how awesome art is. <laughs> and you're just gonna, you're not gonna do anything. You can yell and talk and preach and say, come look at this or buy this and this is why. And you're just not gonna reach people. What's gonna reach people is making it um, a community, um, fun, interactive, involved type of experience. Um, so getting, getting people to come to these events just for a good time. I mean, I've got two kids. I know what it's like to be a family, be busy, even if you don't have kids, like just getting out of the house and doing something like, you know, you make money, you have fun, Mm -hmm. you die, right? Mm -hmm. That's life. life. So if I can like just snag the attention of the people getting out of their house and trying to have a good time and show them somehow or another like how cool art can be, not just to experience, but potentially also 
to buy and appreciate well the appreciation comes first and then the the purchases come later um then that's my goal you know I want people to be excited about art again I don't want like eye rolls and shrugs and like obligation I think a lot of people come to art markets nowadays for obligation because like they love art and they love culture and they want to support their community so they come out they find the most affordable, decent piece of art they can. They buy it and they go home out of obligation and, like, mm-hmm. bless their hearts for doing it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm one of them. I'm, but I want it to be, like, such a good time that people need to go there. They need to see it. They need to experience it. So this year for the art market, um, I think you probably noticed, hopefully more people notice that I'm trying to incorporate more, uh, um, like, performances, um, not just demonstrations, but, like, you know, artists in action and not just stand there and watch me paint but also like like take something away with you or something like really exciting so like I studied uh, my master's is in uh is a studio concentration in sculpture and I'm a metal worker so I've got a love for metal and why I bring that up is because metalworking is freaking exciting. Like it's yeah. it's noise, it's loud, it's sparks, it's fire. Like pour, molten metal is wow, God, it's like one of the coolest things. And that alone is like something you need to see. If Absolutely. you're not like brave enough to get into it yourself, then that's fine because it's actually extremely dangerous and it's expensive. So <laughs> I don't <laughs> say go out and pour molten bronze, but it's something you should see, and mm-hmm. it's just really cool. It's just. So anyways, art can be really cool. And I love painting and I love painters. But what I think I would like the community to understand is that art is so much more than painting and photography and just big sculptures that are, you know, in people's minds, too expensive for me to ever get. I'm just going to go look and I go home. Like art is an experience. It's exciting. It's fun. Um, and so once people get that experience first and that excitement to see it and be a part of it, then you actually want to have that peace. Because um, like you said, when you're talking about your salon, like when, you're, when you hire an artist to do a commission or you purchase a piece from something that you saw or witnessed, it's, you're not just buying an object, right? right? You're buying an experience. You're buying mm-hmm. um, a completely unique piece of character something that describes a really cool point in your life or in someone else's life or something you know reminds you of something it's art so much more than just an object it's it's um humanity a lot of things exactly exactly so um to get back to your question i think that's my goal is to bring the excitement back um, and I want to incorporate all the many, 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 many art forms that are out there that aren't usually included in this type of thing. You know, there's just a lot of really cool shit happening out there, and I mm-hmm. want to bring it here. I want to bring it here. Um, and to, just to show people that, like, the contemporary art world is badass, and you should see it and be a part of it. It doesn't have to be so far removed from the general public on this pedestal and you know it's not something just rich people can pretend to appreciate (laughs) right (laughs) absolutely Uh, and then um in turn i think the 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 commerce part of it is just something that kind of would come naturally right i want all the local businesses i'll just pin i'll just focus on chelsea for now because we're in chelsea like chelsea businesses um, you're decorating your business. You mm-hmm. want it to be cool. You want it to stand out. So 
you know, you need, you need these local artists. And I have like so much art and sculpture in my head that should be in local businesses because you want to be unique and different. Well, guess what? I can do that for you. you right. Know? Ikea can't. So like, yeah. I can do it. Um, and it's hard because artists, no matter how talented they are, now it's a stereotyping. Not all artists fall under the stereotype, but um, all these, all these artists, they're not, they're, they're makers. They're not marketers. They're not salespeople. So that's what I really want to do is be that um, beneficiary to both sides. Yeah. Well, whatever it is that you need from me, I am going to help you do everything that you need to do. You have inspired me. Aww, I'm sure fun. you've inspired my audience as well. I guess we'll find out, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Crystal. It has been such a pleasure for me to have you sitting here in my chair. Uh, (laughs) For those listening, if you want to get involved with Radioactive Chelsea, please reach out to me, radioactivechelsea at gmail.com, and subscribe for our podcast at radioactivechelsea.com. Thank you all so much. Until next time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Radioactive Chelsea. Sign up at our website, RadioactiveChelsea.com, to receive notifications for when the next podcast is released.